Hey there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been and it always will be. Okay, welcome to the program and our guest, very special guest. They're all special guests, but this one particularly special, Whitfield uh, Crane from Ugly Kid Joe. How, when was your last visit to Australia? My last physical visit to Australia was most likely February 97. Wow. Wow, that's, that's oh. a long time ago. And how, can and as, you, far as, actually, as far as touring there with Ugly Kid Joe, that would be actually 1993, so that's over 20 years. Wow, I think I remember that show, Horton Pavilion. You played Horton Pavilion? Was, in Sydney, yeah, big, big, big barn. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Now, tell me, how did this um, uh, mix up, uh, this uh, um, link with with Skid Row and by default um, Dead City Ruins? How did that occur? Because I, I did catch one of the games, the, um, the the shows in in England last year. How did how did that start? We started booking agent. I got Dan DeVito, and he has a, you know a lot of a lot of different bands on his roster and. He comes up with ideas, and some of them we agree to, some of them we don't agree with. And uh, when we when there, there's an opportunity to go with Skid Row, we're like, yeah, let's do that. So and, uh, we had an opportunity to have to pick and choose which band should open up. And out of all the bands, we're like, yes, Australia, you know, <laughs> Australia, because you know Destiny Ruins is from you know Melbourne or whatever. And uh, there you go. And 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 it seems from what I've read that you formed quite a bond with uh, Dead City Ruins during the course of the tour. Well, yeah, they're like a young version of us. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's no good. Let's just say that you drank a lot. Is that what you said? No, no, no. I didn't drink a lot, but I'm saying they're, they're hilarious. They're, they're like a younger version of us when we were, you know, 20 years ago. Right, right. Okay. And um, and and when you, what can you say about how much your life has changed since your previous uh, visit to Australia as a touring musician? We may, maybe we don't have enough time, but well, how would you sort of sum it up? Well, when we were kids, we around the world and we rode this crazy wave and played, you know, clubs to soccer stadiums and, you know, had this crazy experience, you know, young and, and uh, you know, excited and scared and, and all the things that come with it. And then, you know, I, we, we were in a band for 15 years, right? I've done different bands. I've done medication or another animal or whatever, even science life backing a little bit. But, you know, 20 years later, I mean, I gotta tell you, like, we, you know, as far as being in Edmonton Joe, I didn't think it would ever manifest, not even a chance. So yeah. the fact that, you know, we got back together, made music, and had been touring for the last two years once again, club, clubs to soccer stadiums, yeah. you know, uh, I guess I'm, you know, I'm grateful. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people who maybe didn't take a break during that time, um, they come across a little bit bitter about the industry, don't they? The people who've, uh, who've been in the same band all the way through or, you know, they're, they're, they're unhappy about pirating. And... What, happened, what, what I know is happening, I mean, I can't speak for me. So, you know, I don't have overhead in my existence. So, you know, I just, I want to sing songs. I want to be creative. I want to be inspired. I want to inspire. I want to get rad. Hmm. So a lot of times, you know, it's just with the human, you know, condition is you, you might get a family or a mortgage or car payment or whatever it all is. And then you're, you're just using music as a, hold on. Sorry, that's the police. Uh, they're just using music uh, somewhat to pay your bills, and then you the, the sight of you know what a great thing it is to be involved in the creative process. I mean, to sell art in the first place is, is, is borderline comical. But you know, for me, you know, I love you know, I've, and I've gone through the whole thing. You know, I've gone through where many have gone through, and my my goal has always been, and 
still is, is try, to try to have an original reaction to it all, you know? Yeah, yeah. To kind of just study the histrionics of, of what, what has killed people or what has embittered people or whatever it is. And, you know, I get it. I get all that. I'm like, ah. So, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, <laughs> make it through, be stoked, go play shows, you know, and, uh, you know, be creative, really. But it is better to step away from it for a while, isn't it? You get a better appreciation of, of, of what it's worth. For me, of course. You know, mm. I mean, like, it wasn't just for me. You know, I was like, you know, I, we really, about, like, 1995 with the Menace lineup, that's the sobriety lineup, and we were badass. And then Seattle came and decimated everybody, including us, and then there was nothing. And I was like, shit, you know, I can, I, I'm just, just, I just got my chops, and I'm just ready to do it. Just here it is now, and then the, the universe was, like, negative. Yeah. So, of course, when it reappears, and, of course, in, in the, in the open, in the old, with the old guard and all of us making music together and celebrating each other and kind of being like, oh my God, I forgot about you guys. Cause all of us, you know, we never hated each other, Desmond Kitchell gang, but equally we drifted apart. So now we've been creative and stoked and a little bit older and a little wiser <laughs> and touring around the world. So. Okay. I, I warned yeah. you, I warned you when this started, I was going to ask you to pick uh, some songs. Uh, first song coming up. We're, we're just past the five minute mark. Uh, you got, got one for us. I'm going to put that off of American Responder on the song Neighbor. Okay. Do you, do you want to say anything about it that hasn't been said? I'll tell you this. Carl Eichstatt, the best kind of guitar player in Leslie Kajo, wrote that song, right? He also wrote Everything About You. Everything About You is about my friend Farrell Smith and his friend, our childhood friend. It's a cynical mm. guy. You know, mm. that's the inspiration of the muse for Everything About You. About three years into singing Neighbor, you know, on American Responder 1992, 1993 tour, I looked at Klaus and said, hey, man. What's that all about? Like, what is neighbor exactly about? Like, where did you get that? And he laughed in my face and said, that's about you. Be 
to Wildline Fever. I think it's episode 20, no, it's episode 59, um, and I think it's uh, about eight or what, eight, nine weeks since episode 58. Um, I could offer all sorts of excuses about why that's the case. I mean, last week I was driving from Dubbo to Townsville, uh, which is uh, probably uh, a scarcely believable excuse, but it, that, was, uh, that was last week. Uh, the previous few weeks, I've got no idea why I haven't done a podcast. I think it's possibly that I just couldn't get a format set in my head. Um, and the great thing about doing that long drive last week was that I got to listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, maybe got a, a clearer view of uh, what I should be doing. Now, that means the first segment is going to be all football. We're not going to bore you if you like uh, One Direction or whatever, or Beyonce. I'm not going to bore you with David Lee Roth and Gene Simmons, okay? We're just going to talk about football. Uh, and uh, the first... Uh, uh, um, uh, point of order is New South Wales origin woes. Uh, Mitchell Pearce arrested. Greg Bird charged with um, that spear tackle and Andrew Fafita hurting himself in Monday Night Football last night. Um, Mitchell Pearce, I don't think you don't need to hear anyone else um, um, sermonising about Mitchell Pearce. Okay, he got drunk, he got arrested, shouldn't have done it. He's got himself in trouble in that area a few times. He probably needs to stay in during the football season, as Andrew Webster um, read, uh, wrote sorry, this morning, as I read and Andrew Webster wrote. So you don't need to hear any more of that. Greg Bird's an interesting one because I was at the game and he was mystified that he was even penalised. He said, um, you know, we're, we're taught to put players on their backs and the bloke landed on his back. Why was I even penalised? Um, unfortunately, we uh, are in um, a, a period of very, very um, 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 
uh, fast-moving evolution for rugby league. We've already had punches banned, and now um, I think we are almost at the point where all lifting is going to be banned, even if it's accidental. Uh, I know that um, there is a big concern that if you ban uh, one thing, there's an equal and opposite uh, effect, and that uh, basically, you know, I think there's an argument that what happened to Alex McKinnon uh, may have been a result of the ban on um, the sort of uh, chopping at the knees and, and, and tackling low uh, below the knees. And so, therefore, we do have to be very careful. If we just ban lifting holus bolus, that we don't get something more dangerous as a result. So, you know, let's leave that to the experts. I'm not going to pretend uh, to predict what the result of that might be. But if the result of that is found to be not um, a threat to safety of players, and I say ban lifting even if it's accidental, uh, don't have players um, lifted off the ground, let alone over the horizontal, it shouldn't happen. And unfortunately, last year, Paul Gallen was a test case with the punching in State of Origin. This year, uh, Greg Bird uh, is the uh, is the scapegoat, uh, the test case, the test tube uh, um, uh, experiment uh, for the, the new crackdown on lifting. Uh, we don't want it in the game. Now, Asada, uh, we're hearing there's going to be show cause notices this um, uh, this week. Again, I don't want to be a source on this podcast of repeating all the stuff you get everywhere else. Uh, there's not much to say about it, really, except that one thing that perhaps hasn't been pointed out is that with all the legal wrangling that's going to uh, take place, the show cause uh, <clears throat> is not a guilty finding, as I heard explained uh, last night on the one percenters on Triple M while I was waiting to do some interviews out at Parramatta, um, what happens is you put on a register, you have to show cause why you shouldn't be put on a register. Uh, then if you're on the register, then the governing body gets told that you shouldn't be playing because you're on a register, and then there's a whole process that takes place. So, look, it doesn't seem to me that Cronulla players are going to be forced to miss any football, even if uh, they end up on the register and end up being sidelined. It's months away. I can't see how this process is going to resolve itself anytime soon. Now, I did promise on uh, Twitter... Uh, a bit of news about International Rugby League and the 2017 World Cup in Australia. Uh, there was some speculation and concerns from the American Tomahawks that only full members of the International Federation uh, would be allowed to compete in the next World Cup, which would effectively, even though they made the quarterfinals, rule them out. It would also rule out Italy. I have made some inquiries. I spoke to Andrew Hill, uh, who, who, who at the uh, Australian uh, Rugby League and a, a delegate uh, integration officer and a, a delegate to the RLF. He did not come out and absolutely confirm this, but he said it was certainly under consideration. So in other words, if you're not a full member of the uh, um, Rugby League International Federation, you cannot compete in the 2017 World Cup. Even though it's not intended as such, this is a big stick to uh, the people in the United States and in Italy to clean up their acts and to, uh, to uh, um, uh, mend bridges and to have one governing body. The RLIF will not deal with you if you have two warring governing bodies. So uh, as I understand it, the, uh, there are 18 full members now. Uh, the Federation would be happy to have 18 full members uh, competing for 14 uh, or 12 or, or 16 spots, if that's what it comes to. Uh, and if Italy and the United States, uh, they can kick off a qualifying uh, um, series. Uh, they can compete right up to the end of the qualifying series. They can call up as many NRL players as they like. They can get through to the World Cup, but if at that stage they are not full members, they just won't be going to the World Cup. They'll be replaced by someone who they beat in the qualifiers. That's my understanding of the situation at the moment. Read more about it in Rugby League Week this week in um, the far and wide 
Colin. Okay, uh, now we're going to uh, uh, listen. Look, there's an interview last night with uh, Paul Gallen, uh, which I did with uh, Triple M, uh, captain of Cronulla, captain of New South Wales, of course, and particularly um, from a New South Wales point of view, a tough day for Paul and for Cronulla. He's beaten 42-24 by Parramatta at Pertex Stadium. But I thought uh, the comments of Paul Gallen uh, regarding the charge against... um, um, Greg Bird uh, really uh, bear listening to quite uh, newsworthy uh, and after that we're going to we're going to listen to some new music and as I said if you're into your Bieber then maybe you know just go and do something else go to the loo or something because we've got some new music from Judas Priest after that be very interested to hear what you think on uh, Twitter uh, it's at WLF podcast so tell us what you think of the new Judas Priest song but first, here is Paul Gallen last night. Yeah, Paul, as New South Wales captain, it hasn't been a great day. Uh, your teammate Andrew Fafita's heard as well. Have you found anything about how he is? No, he's, he's off uh, scans at the moment, so we'll just have to wait and see, and I'll probably find out by tomorrow morning. What do you make of the events of uh, the last couple of days? Uh, Mitchell Pearce getting arrested, Greg Bird getting uh, charged with a spear tackle. What do you make of it all? Oh, look, they're massive distractions, there's no doubt about that. Um, one of the boys told me the charge bird he got today and I didn't believe him for a long time until I read it myself. I, I just cannot believe um, how severe that charge was. I, I really can't. Um, the Mitchell piercing, I don't know enough about it to comment on it. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, how he goes. Horrible start for the Sharks and then you managed to lead by 10. Um, what did you make of the game all up? Oh, look, we had our chances. I've got to give Parramatta credit. You know, we, we knew that if we gave them chances back to about sets of six, and more than a, even share a ball, they'd go good. They're a powerful bunch of blokes. When you control the ball against Parramatta and you go set for set for them, they're, they're not a team that can go with you. But we didn't do that. We, we gave them opportunity. They got a they got a leg up, obviously. And as I said, they're powerful guys. And on the back of Chrissy Sando and Jared Hayne, they, they become hard to stop. And got to give them credit, mate. We'll, we'll pull.
Hi, this is Nick Barker, and you're on White Line Fever. Yeah, that didn't uh, go too bad, aside from me telling Nick what to say. That wasn't supposed to go to air. Okay, welcome back to White Line Fever, and it's episode 59. Uh, the format of the program has been all over the shop since we started. I think we did the first one from Wembley about three years ago, Challenge Cup Final. Lots of rock interviews. Um, you know, the hard thing doing one of these uh, podcasts is, is trying to figure out um, how much of it should be timeless and how much of it should be anchored in, especially when you're doing sport, how much should be anchored in what happened last week when next week you may not even have a show. So I'll try to keep it a little bit more um, uh, loose in that regard um, and not just talk about every game and go for all the scores and all that sort of crap because it dates uh, very, very quickly. Okay, aside from driving from Dubbo to Townsville last week, last month I was lucky enough to go on the Monsters of Rock cruise which is basically a giant rock festival like a big day out but with better bands and older bands at sea um so after that um monday night football game in melbourne went straight to new york was lucky enough to go and see the uh, that metal show being uh taped in new york city uh, doing a story for classic rock presents aor on that um i've got to do uh, some interviews with the um the hosts uh, very soon. I've got to uh, get off my butt and send a few emails and organise that. Then went down to um, Florida and got on the boat. Now, um, I won't go through, like, every band you could think of uh, from the 80s was on the ship. Everyone from Femme Fatale to Loudness to um, um, Autograph to Great White. Uh, the, the the Choir Boys from London, the London version uh, of the Choir Boys, uh, who spell their name with a Q. Uh, they were also uh, on the cruise. Just highlights... Tesla are outstanding live. They kind of popularised the genre, if you remember their cover of um, Signs from about 20 years ago. Uh, so they kind of uh, kicked off that whole thing, uh, which MTV Unplugged uh, turned into a bit of a, a cliche, and they're still the best at it. But the band of the entire cruise, and we played them on this program before, uh, was uh, was um, Red Dragon Cartel, which is Jakey Lee's band. Jakey Lee used to be the guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne, most famously, wrote a few songs, but didn't get any uh, writing credits. That's the way Ozzy does things, apparently. Uh, but um, I, I probably sat about five metres from, from J.K. Lee in this kind of uh, hokey uh, cruise ship lounge, um, uh, you know, which is like, uh, it's obviously at the end of the boat, so that's the shape of it, and it's uh, and it's about oh, 50 centimetres off the floor, so not the best place to see a rock band, and uh, I was it was unbelievable. I actually found myself down on my knees doing the old We Are Not Worthy from Wayne's World at one point. I had Kip Winger pushing his way past me for a closer look. I was sitting with the guys from uh, Killer Dwarves, and they were absolutely blown away. Uh, the guitarist from um, uh, from Cinderella also sort of stood in front of me for a while. It was a pretty, it was sur a surreal experience. Probably the best performance uh, by a guitarist. I have ever seen. Uh, um, a bit of other rock news. Since the last program, Kiss got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, there plenty of people will talk about that. You don't need to uh, hear from me on that. I think it's great. I think it's disappointing they didn't perform. I'll say what I think anyway. Doug Aldrich is out of uh, Whitesnake. Wouldn't it be great if John Sykes came back? Uh, I heard uh, them say that on uh, on um, Eddie Trunk's show today. And it is, uh, but apparently it's not likely to happen because of personality issues or whatever there. Now, Malcolm Young is a big one, I suppose, uh, since we're in Sydney, and some of you may be listening to it, uh, the program from elsewhere um, where Malcolm Young is is about 25 minutes drive from where I am uh, he's moved back to his home in Balmain um, there's lots of speculation about how well or not he is my understanding is um, 
and, and you know, I do have a little bit of uh, knowledge that isn't through the media about this, only a little bit, um, that he, he isn't well enough to play uh, and that it's very unlikely he'll return to the band. Um, now, uh, Stevie Young is in um, the uh, nephew, nephew, his nephew, Malcolm Young's nephew, is in Vancouver now. They're working on a new album. Uh, Stevie Young was in a band called Starfighter, and I think I, I was going to play a Starfighter song. I, I just didn't get around to it, but uh, hopefully um, we will get the chance to play some Starfighter on the program. And um, they do sound a lot like ACDC. I mean, it sounds like the guy has actually been doing uh, an apprenticeship that's lasted about 30 years to play in ACDC because riff-wise, um, it, it is very, very much like ACDC. And that's what we rely on Malcolm Young for. Uh, he produced those legendary uh, monster riffs. Um, so um, the big question is, you know, is Stevie Young up to it? How much impact input will he have into the recording process he's certainly going to tour with them and i suppose the big question is will the next two will be their last will this album uh, be acdc's uh last um i forgot to mention at the start of the program that um if you're listening on the podcast as opposed to live on spreaker this is the second segment and the first segment is an interview uh which will split into three parts of whitfield crane from Ugly Kid Joe, they were great. Um, they did uh, they did ACDC uh, cover actually when I saw them in Perth. Uh, they were on with Skid Row, uh, and at the end of this program, talking about Skid Row, uh, we'll have new music from Sebastian Bach with Temptation. Uh, it's a modern rock sounding thing. Again, I'd be very interested uh, to hear what you think of it. Um, now, another thing that's happened in, in rugby league, and another thing that impacts on Origin. And I have to go back to rugby league for a second because we're going to hear from Jonathan first in a minute. That is con- the concussion rule. Uh, players going off, getting tested, staying off if they fail the rule. Will it work in Origin? Uh, will players stay out there? Um, you know, we already uh, last year Origin was the ultimate theatre and test for the punching ban, and this year is going to be the ultimate theatre and test. For the concussion rule, Jonathan Thurston copped a, a bad knock on uh, Friday night playing for North Queensland in the 27-14 win over Brisbane. Uh, he left the field. He was able to return. Um, and I did speak to him, uh, and here's what he had to say about, about that experience. And uh, after that, some great new, more new music. And this is uh, Glenn Hughes um, and, and uh, Jason Bonham. So uh, two-thirds of Black Country Communion with a new guitarist called Andrew Watt. The song is called... Well, the band's called California Breed. The song's called Sweet Tea. And uh, when I had to say what genre it was on this breaker, um, uh, what, what do you call it, the, the, uh, the setup in front of me, he had to say, categorise it. I categorised it as classic rock. That's what I think it is. But here's Jonathan Thurston. Jonathan, a lot of people were worried when you went off with that head. Now, tell us what happened. Uh, yeah, just the direct impact to the, to the head, a bit of whiplash. But, um, you know, I went in and did the concussion test and... Uh, you know, I passed all that, so I feel fine now, but yeah, a little bit scary there at start. Is it the first time you've done one of those concussion tests? Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Um, you know, I've had head knocks before, but there's nothing like that. Um, you know, I can still remember the whole game and everything like that, so um, yeah, it was a little bit scary when it, when it happened, but uh, I mean, I passed the concussion test and, you know, I was fine to play the rest of that game. Great start and a great finish for the Cowboys tonight. Yeah, um, you know, that middle, the middle part of that game, back end of the first half, and uh, you know, the start of the second half really put ourselves under the pump again. But, you know, it's just showing a bit of the character of the team that, you know, we've learned from a few weeks ago against Manly and we've been able to close games out the last couple of weeks. Before we go up to the boys, how hard is it going to be in a big game like an Origin when you, you go off and have one of those concussion tests and maybe your doctor tells you you've got to stay off? I mean, did that cross your mind when you're in there 
um, you know, how hard it would be if you felt like you could go back out, but you're just getting told this year for the first time you can't. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's in the doctor's hands and, um, you know, the, the test, everything that he asked me to do, I, I passed with flying colours. So, uh, like I said, you know, I can remember the, the head knock. I can remember uh, exactly after it. I can remember the rest of the game. So um, I passed the concussion test. It's, it's a great rule and uh, it's good to see that we're abided by it. And, you know, I was fine to, to go back on.
this is Dizzy Reed. And I'm John Stevens, and we are from the Dead Daisies, and you're listening to White Line Fever. Yeah, rock and roll. Thanks, Dizzy. Thanks, John. And thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in. We're running out of time, which is a bit of a worry, uh, because I, I, I actually worry about filling... Well, you know, you're concerned about, you know, have I got enough stuff to even uh, fill the program up and suddenly uh, we haven't got enough time. Um, I'll go through a few questions uh, from um, some uh, listeners. Someone wanted to know the best show I ever went to. Uh, I think uh, Guns N' Roses Angels and Kings of the Sun, uh, it wasn't great sound-wise, but it was a great vibe back in 1988, day day after GNR Lies came out. So that's right up there. Another another one would be actually Dan Reed Network at DY, believe it or not. That was a a great show as well. Um, Okay. Okay, best centre since 2000, probably Justin Hodges, I'm thinking, you know, probably Justin Hodges. Uh, why did Josh Massoud find it necessary to put a picture of that girl? I've got no idea what the story is or what the girl is. I've got no idea. All Saints or Spice Girls, I won't even be answering that. Um, best match I've ever seen was 989 Grand Final, uh, Balmain and... Um, uh, Canberra. Um, don't forget WLF podcast on Twitter, whitelinefever.ning.com. Please join. Uh, also come and visit stevemascord.com for the footy uh, news, rugbyleaguehub.com uh, for the best of blogging around the world, and hotmetalonline.com. Definitely need your support there with that. We've got some big plans there. And don't forget uh, June 6 and 7, Bridge Hotel. Uh, in Sydney, choir boys are playing ACDC. I really hope I'm not at the football that night. I think I am. And uh, the Hell City Glamours, God knows why they are breaking up, but they're breaking up, uh, and they're doing a farewell tour. Um, uh, che- uh, Cherry Rock at the Factory Theatre on the 31st of May, 6th of June at Transit Bar in Canberra, 7th of June at Crowbar, Brisbane, uh, July 5, Cherry Bar, Melbourne, and uh, July 12, Oxford Art Factory. Here is some, some new music from Sebastian Bach, and I'd like to say see you next week. I think maybe it's a good idea to do this every week. What do you think? Here's Sebastian back.
I got a white line fever. Going to run, land down under. Going to turn around the corner, way down yonder. <laughs> but I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and Dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive, the album, the band. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> come on down and rock on.